Hello, hello, and welcome back to Art House Garage, the snob-free film podcast where we make art house, indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and today on the show, we've got a review of the new film from director George Miller called 3,000 Years of Longing. Filmmaker Clayton Henderson returns to the show to break down the film. Stick around. Before we get into the show, don't forget Art House Garage has a Patreon. Sign up today for extended episodes, bonus episodes, video episodes, and ad-free episodes. All that, plus a discount on merch in the Art House Garage shop. Go to patreon.com slash arthousegarage today, or find a link in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. Welcome to Art House Garage. Before we get into today's discussion, a quick note, just a few new things happening around arthousegarage.com. Really just one, a new review out on the blog that you can check out for a film called The Good Boss. The film stars Javier Bardem as the boss of a factory that produces industrial scales. That may not sound very exciting, but it's actually a really clever, biting satire, sort of a dark comedy about working conditions. And what I say in my review is, it's surprisingly crowd-pleasing for a dark comedy. Also significant is the fact that this film, The Good Boss, or El Buen Patron, won the top film prize in Spain last year at the Goya Awards. It actually won a ton of Goya Awards for Best Director, Best Writer, Best Actor for Javier Bardem. Almost all of the other actors in the film are nominated for different awards, so it kind of swept the Goyas last year in 2021, and it's just now getting its U.S. release this weekend. I won't go too in-depth, but basically Javier Bardem is so good in this. He's good in everything, but this is a particularly great performance from him as this very charming, likable, um, kind of toxic positivity kind of a, a, a character who he's almost like Don Corleone from The Godfather, where he, you know, is is very involved in the people's lives that work for him, and he's trying to fix their problems. And on the surface, he's this very um, good boss, right? Very charming and likable. But he's also at the same time so repulsive. It's and what I say in my review is that it's really quite a, a balancing act between being so likable and so unlikable at the same time. And Javier Bardem pulls it off, and it's just so fun to watch. It's a it's a very funny movie. It is very chilling at times with how dark it gets. Uh, So highly recommend The Good Boss. Check out the review at arthousegarage.com and that is now playing in limited release, including here in Little Rock. It's playing for at least a week or two at the Riverdale. On today's episode, we are talking about 3,000 Years of Longing, the new film from director George Miller. It's a very interesting film, kind of an unusual premise. Basically, Tilda Swinton plays an academic who is traveling for work and she purchases uh, a decorative bottle. In her hotel room, she opens this bottle and out comes a genie or a, a djinn played by Idris Elba. And most of the movie is them talking in this hotel room, but we're seeing flashbacks to their different experiences, mostly seeing his stories because he's been alive for 3,000 years or more, and has spent a lot of time trapped in this bottle, interacting with people over the centuries. So it's kind of an adventure story, uh, 
a lot of fun, honestly. I really mostly really like this. Uh, we'll get into the details in just a minute with Clayton Henderson, who is our guest today. He came on the show before to talk about Red Rocket and then to talk about The Batman earlier this year. He's back again. He's a big fan of George Miller. So without further ado, here is my discussion with Clayton Henderson about the film 3,000 Years of Longing. My name is Alethea. My story is true. I am a solitary creature by nature. I have no children, no siblings, no parents. I did once have a husband. If there is fate, who can say? But in the Grand Bazaar of Istanbul, I chose a memento. I like it. Whatever it is, I'm sure it has an interesting story. So, what would you wish for? What is your heart's desire? I do have a question. What does one do with three wishes? You'll see. Clayton Henderson, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast today. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be good. back. Yeah. I've been following you on Facebook with different things. So, first of all, you recently worked on a film set in Italy, right? How long were you there? I was in Italy for six weeks as part of a little film program from the New York Film Academy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I remember you posted about that way back. That, that yeah, was yeah, the same yeah. thing. Cool. Yeah. So it was just six weeks of like basic film classes. Like they were just, this is how you write a script. This is how you... Mm use a camera this is how you do this this is how you do that stuff i already knew but hey it was cool to be in italy so. yeah it's <laughs> good to and i got to make a movie. why not in italy yeah what were you saying yeah. sorry and i got to make a movie in italy so that was all that was fun That's that right. was, so was the, making the movie was part of the program you were doing yeah, yeah yeah we all had to make our own short film every weekend oh wow and um the one that i just did the last one I did, I'm still working on it here because I want to send it out to a few places. Nice. Maybe early next year, I'll start submitting it to places. That is super cool. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing, I just saw all your photos and everything. Like, oh, what's he doing in Italy? And then it was a film thing. I was like, that's so cool. And yeah, it was fun. Definitely some some travel jealousy i've been to italy once along a few uh what 10 years ago now yeah and, uh, where at um i we did it was a it was like one of those things where I, we could spend a week in each of these cities but we did like a city a day which is like not enough time but we went to rome and uh florence and that's where i was okay i, I thought that was florence that's right mm -hmm. um and uh oh my gosh one other city one of them went to pisa for a day that was fun yeah pisa is like right outside of rome as i recall right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it's about a two hour it's about now not two hour about an hour train ride like train, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we did pisa when i was there too um and then we went to one other city besides florence and i am blanking on where it was so yeah. 10 years ago my old I'm, i just turned 32 so i'm feeling old and forgetting everything now i just turned 20 so. <laughs> in 10 years you'll you'll forget all about this <laughs> that's yeah. depressing no you'll remember um 
Well, let's talk about your other film because I recently saw, so you did it as part of the Louisiana film prize. Mm -hmm. uh, It's called the blue dress, correct? Yeah. And there's a really funny story. What's the deal there? So they do like an announcement party. They only pick 20 films to be played in October. Mm -hmm. So, and they had like 140 something submissions this year. So it was pretty competitive in that room. And so let's see, what day was it? Friday, they make the announcement. I'm there at the party with other people that I've worked with on their films. And they announced each one. I didn't get in. Mm -hmm. It didn't get announced. So I'm like, okay, that sucks. But hey, at least I I, I still got other places to submit it. Hmm. Sunday, I get home from, I think I was just getting, I think I was just getting food. So I come home, I'm about to eat. I get a phone call. It's one of the directors from Film Prize. And they said that a film had to be dropped out for whatever reasons and mine was the next one to take its place. Nice. So, so you were like number we, 21 on the list. I was, I, we kept joking that I was number 21, but and it turns out I really was. That's great. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was tense, but it was, it was <laughs> fun to get that phone call. Has that festival already happened where it played or is that coming up? It's in October, in October. October 20th through the 22nd. Yeah. Well, like, congrats. That's yeah, really exciting. And, I've, uh, only been, yeah. I've only been there once a few years ago because I worked on, I PA two shorts that got in. So we decided to go check it out and it was a lot of fun. So That's it'll great. be nice. It'll be different going there this year as a, with the film. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, will you put that film uh, submitted to any other festivals? Uh, we're going to submit it to Filmland again. And I'm wearing my Filmland. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I liked, I really like the Rogers short film festival. Oh, yeah. So I've that one on the show before. That's right. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. So I want to submit it there. A bunch of, uh, a bunch of festivals. Like, I mean, it's a long shot, but hey, why not? Why not just yeah. shoot the bullet and submit it to like Sundance just for. There you go. It's in giggles. You never know. Yeah. It changed your life overnight. <laughs> Why it's worth a shot. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hopefully see it at you know one of these festivals around here yeah. uh, before too long. So that'll it's definitely on my watch list for the next few months. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm so excited okay. to have you back on the on the show because mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so I I was like I wasn't sure what I was gonna do for this week's show, but I knew that George Miller had this new film out and I was like, Oh, it's interesting. I'd like to check it out. Um, and then you reached out and said, Hey, do you have anyone for this movie? And I was like, let's do it. Um, cause you told me you're a big fan of George Miller. All right. Before we get into 3000 years of longing, I thought I'd just ask, is there anything else you've been watching recently that, that you want to put on our radar? Uh, I watched vengeance today. The BJ Novak. Yeah. 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 Western. <laughs> yeah. Sort of uh, neo noir Western sort of thing. Western. It's kind of, it a was weird fun. One. It was fun. Um, didn't love it. Didn't hate it. Just it was fun. Yeah. fun. It, it's a Sunday afternoon movie. Like yeah, yeah that's my, a good call. <laughs> like my mom would love it. Like mm, yeah, that's kind of how I would say it. So that was fun. Yeah, um, I watched that a couple weeks ago, and I actually talked really briefly about it on the podcast with Omaya 
but yeah, my, my experience with, with that movie was like, there's a few things in there that are really good. Like there's, I feel like it had moments of greatness, but then Ashton the, Kutcher yeah, was, was so good. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen him do much like that. You know, I'm used yeah. to that 70 show, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I like a lot, great. I like some of the monologue bits, mm-hmm. like yeah. felt very link later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Psychology, yeah. philosophy type stuff. The stuff I talked about with Omaya on the on a recent episode was about it kind of tied in with Otur theory, um, but it it the stuff that he talks about with music actually where you know we used to art used to be in control of us and we would just go buy an album you didn't know what's going to be on it and mm-hmm. now you know where it's like the dating apps of art and we just pick and choose and we don't even know what artists are playing on our playlist we just you know yeah, yeah. they, they like he says they they scream our own voices back at us it's just like this is stuff that I like and I'm just going to play so that was a really cool kind of criticism and trying to get back to you know, and auteurs like, you know, a creative force making movies. And that's what mm-hmm. BJ Novak, I think, is trying to do. And and it was definitely I came away thinking, OK, he's going to tighten this up. And next time I think his movie, he, I, I'm excited to see what he does next. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, because he was great. I also saw also on Amazon. I rented it. Uh, I love you, dad. I love my dad with uh, Patton yeah. Oswald and that is one of the best dark comedies I've seen in a good while. Nice. It is so screwed up <laughs> and allegedly a true story, which mm-hmm. is makes it even more screwed up, but I don't want to say what it's about if no one's okay. seen it, but yeah, I, I think I've heard the premise, but we can hold it. I didn't yeah, know it was on yeah, I, I highly <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> I it's not, not a family movie. Don't that. watch it with your dad, but <laughs> not a father's day, not a father son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did not realize it was rentable yet. So that's good to know. I yeah. Can, and, check and yesterday, yesterday, my theater downtown played, had a little Batman marathon. So I oh, saw. Oh yeah, I want to ask about that. That's right. That was fun. I saw the first two Tim Burton ones, which was a lot of fun in theaters. Like yeah, that was that was really cool. fun. Um, and uh, I saw Mask of the Phantasm, which I haven't. I never saw that one. I I love the animated series, so I was looking forward to finally seeing that one. Yeah, it was cute. I liked it a lot. I remember loving um, that when I rented on VHS when I was a kid and I was like, this is yeah. cool. But yeah, I haven't seen it since yeah. then. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, we didn't stay around for Batman forever, hmm. obviously. <laughs> I, mean, I like Batman forever, but I wasn't dying to see that one in theaters. Yeah. That's a long day and, theater to do all four. Yeah. And then the last movie was The Dark Knight. Okay. Was like, which was, was like, oh, you're not going to play Batman and Robin? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that <is> <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's cool. That's a cool, a fun day at the movies. Yeah, that was Batman cool. stuff. And, and you, know, you first came, I think, for Red Rocket on this podcast, and then was Batman. Then we did the Batman. Got yeah. All the Batman tie-ins with you. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, I was actually just going to glance at my letterbox and see what I watched recently that I could talk about. Um, I think I've talked about everything on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can talk about Fire of Love. That one is a documentary that. Mm-hmm. Um, neon put it out and i heard really good things about it and then it played for like a week or two in little rock and i really liked it so a documentary about two volcanologists like these are people who study volcanoes mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of like um that documentary uh free solo where it's like really incredible footage of this something really dangerous and you're just like on the edge of your seat because like yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like they could die at any second um it's that kind of stuff they're like really close to volcanoes and lava i learned a lot about volcanoes and kind of the significance mm-hmm. and like what they ended up trying to do is build in safety protocols um 
to like to help like they they would reach out to the government and say this is going to happen and you need to have some evacuation measures in place or a lot of people are going to die and by the end of the movie you see like they were able to make a difference uh, but there's also some tragic ones where we told them and they didn't listen and then it happened you know so that stuff is really interesting but it's also like the two people they're, they're kind of like they have this kind of rock star energy in the geology world yeah um, they 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 lived they uh, i'm trying to remember when they got started been a few weeks since i watched it they lived until the early 90s um and this film covers their whole life um the, the film is narrated by miranda july who i really like her films and she has a great kind of narrator voice yeah. for this kind of a story but especially um the husband in this couple he was kind of into cinema and so like he they documented everything they did got this incredible footage and even like made some sort of little film like for fun kind of films as yeah, they're yeah. doing it too so you see a lot of that stuff there's a lot of a lot of interesting thematic stuff in different directions about like they were learning to have like a public persona on camera versus their real life and it kind of explores that and um what what their marriage was like and how they saw the world a little differently and brought that into their work uh, yeah really really interesting stuff highly recommend Fire of called? Love. It's called Fire of Love. Fire of Love. Yeah. And it's got a lot of music by the band Air, the French uh, yeah. electronic band, who they've done some other cinema things before too. And, and it fits, it, it really has this like kind of out there sci-fi feeling, even though it's this true story. Um, I've seen this poster. Uh, I've yeah. seen the poster. Highly recommend Fire of Love. I want to check it out again, but like it's it's like top 10 material of the year. Like yeah. I really, really liked it a lot. Yeah, they there's a lot of great ones this year. I, yeah. I can like I can see a lot of I can see a lot of people I can see a lot of films from this year becoming someone's favorite movie. Yeah. Like if someone yeah. told me Nope was their favorite movie, I would be 100% okay yeah. with that. I really yeah. like Nope, that was fun. Uh yeah. I saw Elvis in Italy, that was fun. Oh, that's cool. I have not caught up with Elvis yet. Elvis was might be my favorite from this year. I love Baz. Nice. So All right, there you go. I may be a little Maybe a little, maybe a little biased on that one, but I love Baz and what he does. So I really cool. liked it. I liked, I liked the Black Phone. Yeah, I really like the Black Phone as I like well. The Black yeah. Phone, yeah. And I finally watched Crimes of the Future. That was. It's an intense one. Yeah, yeah. If that's if that's Cronenberg's last film, I'm okay with that. Yeah, because I really liked it a lot. And, feels like a culmination a little bit, mm-hmm. which is mostly like I, I did a podcast about it, and I I said at the top like I don't know that much about Cronenberg, but I. Had, couple of guests that did and they said that yeah. this this could be like a culmination final film yeah. kind of kind of thing yeah so, anyway I'm, I'm still trying to catch up on a few of his but yeah same i've seen three or four i think Total. don't watch map of the stars that one's awful <laughs> i think <laughs> i saw recently you did like a double feature of like uh history of violence and something else history but, of violence yeah. and I, I did a double <laughs> i i did a double watch of History of Violence and Eastern Promises in one night. I haven't so, seen either of those, but I understand that that's probably an intense evening. For oh, you. yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially Eastern Promises. Mm-hmm. That, that movie's great. <laughs> that may be my favorite from him. Nice. All right. Well, let's talk about today's film, 3,000 Years of Longing. My first question is, so as a, I feel like I've seen a handful of George Miller things, but not everything he's done. Um, he doesn't have a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He, I was looking back over his filmography, and it's it's all kind of random, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you like about him as a filmmaker? He just makes whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He's like a 
like Sam Raimi or John Carpenter, you don't really know what his next one will be because I mean, like, you know, he has Mad Max, then he has Babe, then he has Happy Feet, then he has like a drama with Lorenzo's Oil, and then you know, here's the Fury Road, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like you never know what you're gonna get with them, but it's like even with his less high octane films, there's mm-hmm. still a little, little, you can tell it's his. It's, mm-hmm. He, he very, he does like his style reminds me of like a lighter Sam Raimi, not as like, not as like showy with the editing, but more with like his camera movements and mm-hmm. cinematography. Yeah. I really like, like, especially in the Mad Max movies, how mm-hmm. he speeds up the footage to make it look faster and, gives it a really good chaotic energy yeah mm-hmm. i like happy feet uh, that's yeah. that's not a movie i'd recommend for kids but it's a it's it's a lot i think it's a lot smarter than what it what people think it is who haven't yeah. seen it <laughs> yeah that's so funny i always forget he did happy feet i i mm-hmm. think it's like we've had it on as a family and i haven't i haven't really watched it like oh I it's sit down and, and watch it it's uh, it's very it's very symbolic with what it mm-hmm. what it is, mm-hmm. which is very surprising. I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. five year old me did not pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, that's just it's funny. That's his highest grossing film. I was reading it as a headline of all his movies ever made. Happy yeah, that's, that's it's so sad that Fury Road made nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was like Pitch Perfect two beat yeah. it at the box office when it came <laughs> out, and that's just so sad. Yeah. And I, yet it kind of defined like I mean, it's like top of the decade for a lot of film critics and stuff. So oh yeah, I love Fury Road. Right? I just rewatched it before three thousand okay. years. Yeah, because I've seen all of his except for uh, the one with Nick Nolte, the Lorenzo's Oil. Oh, yeah. so I haven't seen Lorenzo's Oil or Witches of Eastwick. I love Fury Road. I uh, don't judge me here. I've actually never seen the original Mad Max. It's been on my list forever, and I need to catch up with all the Mad Max like, movies. Oh, oh, so you haven't seen the first three? Correct. Yeah. Okay. I was about yeah. to say if you haven't seen the first one, you may be a little disappointed. But <laughs> okay, interesting. It's, it's it's not like the Road Warrior or mm. Fury Road. It's very. He had some money and he wanted to make this one movie yeah. and. It is what it is. It's like it's a lot like Evil Dead. Mm. No one really thinks of the first Evil Dead. Everyone thinks of the second yeah. one. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot like that for yeah, me. Yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. But then, of course, yeah, loved Babe as a kid, which he oh, yeah. wrote, but didn't direct the first Babe. But then he did direct the second Babe, the second one, which, which is, is one such of the, a weird movie. That's one of the really biggest like bombs in yeah. cinematic history, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's right. And it's like it was really expensive too. I think mm. because of all the animals. And it just bombed big time. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of a hard left turn from the first babe, <laughs> but uh, anyway. it's cute. I mean, the yeah. first one's masterpiece, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about this film. So, how does Three Thousand Years of Longing fit into the George Miller filmography in your mind? I guess he, if he's such a all over the place, then it doesn't really have to have a spot. But yeah, I guess the question is, what do you think about this in comparison to his others, and how well do you like it? It had a great trailer. I'll say that. It, the trailer was great. And I think the trailer also kind of misleads the type of energy that it has because mm-hmm. it's more slow than what yeah. he's typically known for. Um, I liked it a lot. I don't love it. 
Mm-hmm. I definitely don't hate it. I think it's a well-made, well-made picture. Yeah. But it's probably, it's probably near the bottom for me. But I definitely, I'm still thinking about it. I definitely want to mm-hmm. watch it again soon. I may, I'm if I have time this week, I may go see it again because I, I, I saw it like three days ago and I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, it definitely is one that that uh, that I've continued to think about as well. And I again, like I haven't seen as many George Miller films as you, but I um, so I've been talking about auteur theory on the podcast recently with Omaya Jones as we do French New Wave stuff, and kind of like the auteur theory idea sort of came out of that period. And I think this film really fits into that spirit of, um, you know, we, we go to see it for the talent and the creative voice behind it. And maybe it's not their best movie, but it's still more interesting than maybe 99% of the stuff coming out of Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Definitely how I felt about it. I, um, I'd much rather see this Idris Elba movie than that lion one that yeah. just came out. We have like the Idris Elba double feature this weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but then also I just saw Memoria that's playing in Little Rock. And so that was a Tilda Swinton double header for me. Yeah, yeah. Still to see that one. It's not playing anywhere near here. Yeah, it's uh here for another the rest of the week i think but um but yeah so yeah i did i really did enjoy this ultimately i thought i had some interesting ideas in it and um it's funny i actually i never saw the trailer for this and maybe oh, i liked it more crazy. because of that oh maybe it overpromised or something like you're saying yeah i remember when it came out i saw some headlines about oh the new movie from george miller looks wild and here's the premise but i was like mm-hmm. oh i'll watch that trailer and then i just never did um the trailer, so, yeah. I the trailer be better. Has, the trailer has more of a Fury Road type energy to it. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like um like you haven't seen this filmmaker in a while. Kind of like the Doctor Strange. The mm-hmm. new Doctor Strange is like, oh, Sam Raimi hasn't made a movie in a while, so it's gonna be very crazy. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. the trailer kind of gives off. Like, oh, George Miller hasn't made anything in a while. Just here he is doing some weird shit, but yeah. hold on it, tight. But then it's yeah, like yeah. a pretty low key movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it, it has it's had like no marketing. Like it's made it made no money this weekend. It's it's kind of sad too because I mean it it is a really good movie and I hope a lot of people go see it. Yeah, as I was watching it, I was kind of like, okay, I can see why this is getting sort of mixed reviews, or right? it doesn't yeah. surprise me. But it's also like just based on the talent alone, I thought this must you know with with george miller and tilda swinton and idris elba this is gonna like sweep the you know award shows and things but then it's not been that that kind of movie. i don't think it has that that kind of legs to it but it uh Austin's yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really did enjoy it um yeah. well yeah let's talk about the performers so what did you think about idris elba and tilda swinton in this movie uh tilda swinton's great in everything so of course yeah. she's great in this um i got a little hint of um, not autism, but something's a little off mm. with her. Interesting. Just than the way her performance was. I don't know. That may just be me, but mm. no, she was great. Um, Idris Elba, this is probably my favorite that I've seen from him. Nice. I haven't seen everything that he's been in, but I mean, I liked him in the office, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I really liked him in this. It, it is very different from like, like the Pacific Rim type role that mm-hmm. I guess he's kind of known for. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what he's really known for. And I, I know there's a BBC show, but yeah, I thought he was great in this. I think in that he's kind of like, 
you know, hard nosed detective kind of Luther, I think is the type of, I haven't yeah, watched yeah, it, yeah. but I've seen like some clips of it. I think he's just kind of, I, I always think of it kind of like Sherlock, but more like yeah, muscly kind of like, I'm going to get yeah. that guy's kind of feeling. Of course I haven't watched it, but yeah, I actually thought about his role in the office as I was watching this because the quote from that is always, I'm aware of the effect I have on women because all yeah. the women are <laughs> And in this movie, he, you know, he meets yeah, Shima. Yeah. And it's, a, like, it's a big, that's a big spot. That <laughs> Idris Elba energy can, can get even Shiba. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I really liked him too. And both of them. And actually I read a, it was an interview with George Miller and he said, he thinks, and this is just one, his opinion, but he feels like both of the roles are like, somewhat similar to their actual personalities which i thought was interesting to hear because we've hmm. seen tilda swinton do so many different things yeah um, and interest elba of course he's like you know a gin in this and like has all these powers but yeah. he at the same time is pr- kind of down to earth in a way that i think really works for yeah. for the script and yeah, really like their chemistry because most of the movies them alone in a room talking and like story yeah it was that yeah, was a kind yeah. of a cool thing too and I, it's also based on a book or a short story i think mm-hmm. and i read that um George Miller, they read it in the nineties and it's like, Oh, that's going to be a great movie one day. And finally, finally got it made. Um, this yeah. Year. I think he wanted to make this like sometime after happy feet. Yeah. Like way back, like, I think. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I love Tilda Swinton in it too. She is, it's, it's pretty low key performance from her and like, yeah, down to earth. And it's like, I can see this being like her actual personality maybe. Um, but yeah, I thought both of them were really strong and so much of it is just like in, her facial expressions and her body language Mm -hmm. but you know Mm -hmm. i just watched memoria again last night too and that's that's so much it's such a low-key performance as well so it's kind of an interesting counterpoint um there's a lot more dialogue in this movie than there is in in that one but um yeah i I thought both were uh really strong here um did you have any favorite you know themes in the film or, or aspects of the filmmaking or anything that that stuck out to you I like that it's a fairy tale about mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like stories is definitely what the movie is about. Like mm-hmm. it's literally someone telling some, another person his stories mm-hmm. and she wants to make like, she wants to like tell her stories. And so I thought that was kind of su- like sweet. And I really like the ending a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially the ending shot. The ending shot is amazing. Um, yeah without spoiling it is it there's like the camera goes up high as they're walking around forgetting uh i don't think the camera moves up i think it's just locked down and they're walking away but it's in the park yeah yeah okay yeah 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 for yeah, some yeah. reason i felt like the camera moved up but yeah, yeah like, I, I, I didn't think it was a strong ending too yeah um, it's like a terry gilliam type shot for some mm, reason mm, interesting. Like, i really like i really like the ending um i think it has a lot of great ideas but it feels very much like a first draft of a script Hmm, for me. I wasn't big on the whole structure of the film. Hmm. I kind of wish, because, I mean, I always have, like, kind of issues with, like, the Forrest Gump-type structure Mm -hmm. where someone's telling a story and we see the... That's not my my favorite type of screenplay structure. I would have preferred to, like, see the Jen's story from the beginning... Hmm. leading up to where he meets Tilda Swinton. Mm -hmm. So like we could see like those 3000 years. Yeah. Like kind of have like a little character study type, but I mean, what we got was fine. I I like those. I like his stories the most. Those were the standout moments for me Mm -hmm. because I found him a little more interesting than Tilda Swinton's character. 
but yeah, like both if, it was that, if he did that structure, he would be the protagonist probably. That would be an interesting yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, for a movie, I mean, but that's like that's that's like the only that's like the only thing keeping me from loving it is just like mm-hmm. how the story is told. Yeah, ironically yeah. enough. That it's being about a story, that it's about stories. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because, yeah, it's, so it, we open on her narrati- narration and then it's kind of what leads up to her meeting him. Mm-hmm. Then they're in the room for two thirds of the movie, at least. I would say that's the initial more. setting of the movie. Yeah. And then it finally does break out of that and we get some some kind of what happens after that. Um, more than I expected, actually. I thought it might be like they leave the hotel room and then it's over, but there's actually quite a bit more. So, yeah, yeah the structure... Yeah. I don't think I had complaints with it, but it definitely kept me guessing. And I, I, I kind of liked that because that surprised me a little. It's like a little off kilter from what you expect. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I can also see why it might not work. But yeah, it's interesting too because we even get like a little vignette, um, like title cards and a few of the sub, yeah. sub stories yeah. that he's telling, yeah. which is that is that does feel a little incongruous somehow with everything. Well, it else, happened like there's only like three or four of them, I think. Yeah, and it and it started like. 30 to 40 minutes into it mm-hmm. as well. Like it started, like the titles came in later than what, what you would expect. Like mm-hmm. maybe it should have started like at the beginning or I don't know. It was yeah. weird. Well, yeah, not really, I can see where it's like, um, okay, this story's starting. So here's the title. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the book opening. Here's the first chapter. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that may, See, this is why I want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, maybe it will better on a second time for you. Yeah, I think it will. But... Yeah, yeah I, I like the storytelling stuff a lot too. And the uh, so it opens with her narration talking about how I'm going to tell this as a fairy tale because otherwise yeah. you might not believe it. I thought it was interesting. It made me think about um, the Guillermo del Toro film, Shape, Shape of Water, where it opens up. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, setting the stage, this is a fairy tale. But I like too that. So at the beginning, she has... So she's like an academic and she's giving this like Ted talk style, like lecture mm-hmm. with someone else. And the subject of their lecture is interesting. It's like the yeah, stuff, yeah. That, stuff that we now understand scientifically for centuries, people thought was myth. And like they had to say, Oh, we don't understand weather patterns. So a God must be doing this or we don't understand microbials, you know, gut health. And so we don't know why we're getting sick. And so it must be the gods. And so kind of pointing forward to, what things that we are still mystified by will we one day understand scientifically? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool thing to think about, but then it also like, okay, then she meets a magical creature who mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of breaks her. I think that's the point is that it breaks her yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah. And the Ted talk ends with like pictures of superheroes. In yeah. The yeah, they were like, they were going to some interesting places. Yeah. Those are our, our gods that we, yeah. Uh, it was, it was like the justice play. league, I think, which is funny because he was supposed to make a justice league movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Idris Elba too, I was thinking about, uh, yeah, like the Pacific Rim role or like, isn't he in one of the fast and furious? He's in that spinoff fast and furious movie. Yeah. He's in the one with just the rock and that's right. Jason Statham. Yeah. Which is a funny, like, yeah, so maybe that's he, he has this like interesting like bigger budget stuff, but then more muted smaller stuff too. Anyway, this is the most muted I've seen him, and I think that's yeah. what I liked most about his performance. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Let me look at his IMDb really quick, live on the fly here, because I know there's other things that I've seen that are not you know huge budget things. Uh, oh, he's in Beast of No Nation. I actually haven't seen that, but that's oh, shit, one that, that I that one's really good. That one's really um, good. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Recently, he's in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I forgot he's the voice of Knuckles. But that's fine because yes. I like his voice a lot. 
Um, he was in Cats. <laughs> he was in Cats. He was in The Harder They Fall, that Western. Oh, and The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Get that as well. Um, so, yeah, I guess he does have mostly bigger bigger budget kind of stuff if you look at yeah, yeah. compare. Uh, maybe not as he get earlier in his career, but yeah. And the Thor, he's one of the Heimdall and the Thor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the guy with the sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's in 28 weeks later, not 28 days later. I yeah, I, I haven't seen the sequel. I've seen the first one. It's not that good. Yeah, I've seen the first one a bunch of times. I love it, but the second yeah. one is not that great. Uh, well, anyway, we jumped back to Idris Elba talk, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I did. I liked some of the thematic stuff going on. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it kept me guessing enough. And it was it's a kind of a fun adventure kind of a story as you jump into all yeah. these things. Like we see some historical stuff that yeah. I haven't really seen depicted. I and like that also, stuff a lot, like, yeah. magical stuff going on. Like mm-hmm. when uh, so we see King Solomon coming to woo Sheba and mm-hmm. he, he has this instrument and he's playing and it's, there's like this creatures yeah. around that's There's kind of this magical realism feeling to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I didn't expect. And that was, that's, that stuff was really fun. That, uh, that's more the stuff I was expecting mm, out yeah. of it based off of George Miller's other stuff, especially after Fury road, because mm-hmm. you know, there's all the weird characters in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was expecting a little bit of that. There, there was a lot, especially in that, other room <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I'm just talking yeah. About. <laughs> i was like that was that was that was the most george miller stuff there um uh, yeah there's some interesting that you're talking about the brother character who has yeah, yeah, yeah 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 fetish uh, <laughs> yeah the aspect of the film yeah, yeah i thought that stuff was interesting and, and kind of fun as well but yeah. yeah but yeah i mean i like that it's a fairy tale and i like i like how weird the movie is mm-hmm. like i mean you talk about movies like you talk about something in a movie that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen anything like this before. Like, yeah. like as well with like um, everything everywhere all at once that came mm-hmm. out this year, never seen anything like that. So like I, even if it's not like as a high ranking, higher ranking for me, like everything everywhere was, mm-hmm. I still appreciate and admire everything that this, that it's set out to do. Yeah. Even if it didn't emotionally connect with me hmm. as much as I wanted it to, I still appreciate and like a lot of like the visuals and directing and mm-hmm. all yeah. that. Yeah, it was a, it was like a fun time with the movies, I think, uh, and, yeah, thought, yeah. and a thought provoking fun time with the movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a big yeah. action movie or something. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. Too. I just remember to, to think about. So anytime I think about like a story with a, a genie with three witches or wishes, um, I think about Aladdin, of course, like yeah. our childhood. But uh, so this one of the stories in the midst of this had some interesting like mirrorings of the Aladdin story. So I wonder if they come from a, like a similar like a common story um, and how much this is like from, you know, an ancient story, but there there's a, uh, it's a woman though. I'm trying to remember the details. I went to see this actually on a whim because I didn't know if I was going to have time and I went and I didn't have my notebook. So I didn't take notes. I'm working from my brain, but there's one and uh, the one story where, Oh, it's the one where she wants to be noticed by the King. So it's Mm -hmm. like, instead of Aladdin wanting to, you know, it's a street rat wanting to, uh, be loved, be a prince, to be loved by the princess. It's like a reversal of that, where it's this woman who is a servant but wants to um, wants to have the prince and and bear his child and all of that. And mm-hmm. so there's that that aspect because she wishes to have his attention. And then in that s- segment as well, there's a moment where she is uh, 
thrown in the water <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and i can't remember exactly how it plays out but like that was a, a thing in aladdin 2 where he almost drowns and then mm-hmm. the, the genie has to save him but yeah so i wondered if there was some common um storytelling yeah i was reading something there was a lot of arabian night influence i think the name of her of the plane that she's on at the beginning was named after Hmm. Oh, yeah. something in arabian nights i can't remember yeah she she refers to it as a magic carpet or yeah yeah yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so yeah there's a lot of like arabian night influences as well so yeah and that's actually that's another thing that i really did like that was just a, a few little touches of it but it goes along with like what her lecture is about understanding you know using stories to understand the world and then we mm-hmm. have science that can understand them too and it doesn't have to be like science versus myth like it both can coexist but like when she, she refers to the airplane as a magic carpet as she's like setting up this is a fairy tale but then when einstein is on the tv uh, and he says who's that and he, she has to explain how a tv works but mm-hmm. then he says who's that and she says um he's a wizard who has helped guide us through time i was like yeah, yeah okay that's, yeah. that's kind of a cool thing yeah yeah basically yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I like all that. That was that was fun. Like cool, cool touch. Well, you kind of already touched on some of this, but I was going to ask if there's anything that didn't work for you about this movie. Um, it's mainly just the yeah. structure yeah. for me. That that was mainly it. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, a few thematic things that I wish had been. So, like towards the end, when she goes back to her house and she has these neighbors who show up and are very kind of like, um, I don't know. They're kind of racist and they're, they're kind of ethnocentric and you can tell they have a very kind of closed minded way of living their lives. And she's very Mm -hmm. frustrated by that. And that's kind of a cool thing. And she, I feel like the, like kind of the last third or last fourth of the movie even just kind of deals with that a little bit, but that wasn't really present for the rest of the Mm -hmm. film. uh, Unless maybe on a rewatch, I would see it more, but um, that was like, Oh, that's a cool thing. And I wish it had been fleshed out a little more or handled just a little differently, but I would have liked to seen more of Tilda Swindon and Idris Elba, like after the hotel room, just like, mm-hmm. like maybe we see them like live their life together for like a year or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like, it just, for yeah, me, it just felt like it was this yeah. kind of a kind of ready to wrap up. Yeah. That, that's what it felt like for me. Yeah. I think that's what was surprising too. It was like, okay, it's, it's about to end. Right. And then it just kind of keeps mm-hmm. going, but it still feels like we're in conclusion mode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost yeah. the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. So maybe that structure, you're right. It's, it's a little, a little different. Well, any final thoughts on 3000 years of longing? Like I said, it's as great ideas as well-made, well-shot, just didn't, just did not 100% connect with me yeah. as much as other George Miller films did. It connected with me a lot more than Happy Feet 2. I'll say that. It was much better than Happy Feet 2. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, I think I would encourage people to, you know, if there's not much that comes out new in August, September, that's kind of like, like the summertime is kind of over. Yeah. Uh, and so like, there's not a ton of great stuff at the theater right now. This is worth going to see on the big screen. Oh, yeah, I would definitely say watch this over Beast, I guess. Yeah, yeah there you go. Beast. So there's, they pull out like they're reshowing Lord of the Rings this month because like there's just yeah. no new movies right now. So that is 3,000 Years of Longing, now playing in theaters. Um, so I'm sure it'll be around for a few more weeks. Encourage you to go check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining us today, Clayton. I appreciate it. Always fun. Huge thanks to Clayton Henderson. Always a pleasure talking with him. I can't wait for him to come back again. Stay tuned. Next time on the show, we will finish out our French New Wave series with Omaya Jones, looking at the film The Umbrellas of Cherbourg and talking about the director, Jacques Demy. 
And with that, thank you, thank you for listening to Art House Garage. We've got a few years worth of episodes. You can hear all of those in your podcast app of choice. Our theme music is by composer Paul Hunefeld. Learn more at appallingproductions.com. If you want to support Art House Garage, become a patron over at patreon.com slash arthousegarage or find a link in the show notes. You can also buy an Art House Garage t-shirt at arthousegarage.com slash shop. If you want to support us without spending any money, leave a rating or review in your podcast app, and that is hugely helpful. Stay in the loop about Arthouse Garage and the films we're covering by subscribing to our email newsletter at arthousegarage.com slash subscribe, or you can email me directly, andrew at arthousegarage.com. And of course, follow on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just search at Arthouse Garage in all those places or find links in the show notes. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, keep it snob free. <laughs>